Ready? Uh, we go. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, friend, I got to ask you, because uh, we've been doing this for the past couple of weeks, and you have started off with a side every week. Are you just that distraught? What's going on? <sighs> Jesus Christ. I know we judge you, but shit. <sighs> What's the problem? What's going on? Tell us what's on your mind. Oh, child. Um, welcome to Triggered 101. <laughs> Triggered 101. Triggered. Um, also, with a side introductory course to where you had me fucked up. We fucked up 100. Um, and also, also, there is an extra credit assignment assignment in because it's come, the warmer months are upon us. Mm-hmm. Proper hygiene, one hundred and one. Oh shit! Why we gotta if the, if y'all still doing one hundred and one, we got a problem <sighs> in the hygiene spectrum. We got a real problem if you're still in one hundred and one. If you are from the tri-state area, you know where I'm about to go with this because oh, Jesus, shit. y'all pits be humming in the summertime. <laughs> There's a hum. It is specific. <laughs> Y'all want to hold the arm rail of the train. Oh, your armpits. <laughs> and sir, I have the nose of a pregnant woman. You don't want to do that around me because mm. I'm going to move. I'm just preparing everyone for my for me being irritated in summer. Is that a problem? I mean, I, I know I'm going to be irritated. Can I be irritated in peace? Do what you got to do. Well, apparently, I'm not one of those introductions today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to, um, to another week, another disappointment, another failure of um, of y'all's actions of the week. Mm. Um, this is Who Raised Your Host. Um, I am your host, Lonnie, but this week my Twitter handle will be Sweetie's Newly Single Wing. <laughs> It's a blonde. It got a little bump. No. It got a little body. You know, it, it swings. It got a little part on the bumping body. A little bumping body. I ain't got time for your shit. Uh, yes, and I am your co-host. We are just smiling this week, um, a.k.a. irritated by my damn radiator that wants to join the show. God damn. I mean, oh, it, we ain't got nobody in dungeons around here. That's I promise it. y'all. Shit. Okay, is it done? Because it sounds like it's trying to find heat. It's warm enough outside. I'm just saying. And um, if you guys are not familiar, um, not familiar, but as you guys could kind of hear through the background um, chatter that we're not alone, <laughs> there is a guest this week. Um, and there is a tradition when those um, come on to that show. That's right. Um, we don't introduce T one. Okay, right. y'all introduce yourselves. So, yes, sir, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Anthony. Um, on Twitter, my name is You Can't Take. Um, because, I don't know, just all my life, people could just never take anything that I have to do or say. So, hopefully, well, you know, I don't offend anyone today. <laughs> oh, God. Do I to a disclaimer today? Oh, shit. Let me try to fucked up. What is going on? It is a sunny Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. There will be no shade thrown. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the that's the time that the girls love to throw shade when it's sunny outside. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> when it's sunny outside, all the hoes want to start. Facts are facts. And facts are things that are just utterly true. Okay. 
Well, and here we are today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, can I have a, a quick moment real quick? Go for it. Um, Mama, as y'all can tell, has been getting relatively... How do I put this properly? Fatigued okay. with scrolling. Mm-hmm. So it will be revamped next season. Completely okay. and utterly. I want to I wanna make people mad again. Mm-hmm. Let's make them mad again. <sighs> with that being said, it's time to get into scrolling. I'm going to start with heavy and then move our way into things that I felt like talking about this week. Okay. <laughs> that's the best way to describe <laughs> it. Things I felt like talking about because y'all do too much. Um, real quick rundown before I get into the meat of the matter. Um, can y'all please stay out of uh, these celebrities' relationships? Can we please? What going happen now? Um, because apparently y'all were up in arms about little Uzi on live with JT. Um, well, not JT, with Young Miami, and y'all <laughs> felt things. Y'all felt attacked. Um, and I want to know why are we acting like this is something new when you get with when you get with Bay, right? Mm-hmm. In the initial phase, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, you don't like their best friend. <laughs> I'm not here to be friends with you, sir. Like, that's your mm-hmm. best friend. That's your friend. We ain't got to like each other. We may take dads at one another. But at the end of the day, we have a mutual respect for knowing who, knowing the roles that we play. Mm-hmm. And we're connected by one person. Why do we have to have full-blown think pieces? We think this man is, a, is sitting here trying to abuse JT. I'm like, y'all doing too much. Can y'all stop, please? Can y'all find something to do outside? Can y'all, can y'all find an ice cut? <laughs> I mean, I don't know as far as like celebrities, but I know like for myself, um, I've been both the best friend and like the boyfriend in the situation. And for mm-hmm. some reason, like I, I, I don't feel like initially I've ever done anything to anybody to make them feel like, oh, I don't like this person as like your best friend or or your boyfriend, or whatever the case may be. But it just seems like when people have, I guess, favorite people, um, whether it be like your best friend or your celebrity. If somebody does something to them that to you looks the wrong way, people like to just jump at stuff and make it seem like, oh, well, now I have an issue because X, Y, and Z. When it's just like, you really don't know what is going on in that person's either relationship or friendship. It's just like, that could be the kind of friendship or relationship that they have. But as fans and stuff like that, we always see stuff from the outside looking in. So we always just jump at the first thing, like... Even as somebody who's a fan of like Beyonce, like when the elevator video thing happened, it was just like, um, like I, you know, like I mean, and I and I love Jay too, so it's just like it ain't really none of my business. But I wasn't, you know, gonna go on social media and talk about it. But of course, people in my personal life know how I feel about them, so they were like, oh, like did you see what happened? And it's X Y Z. So then it's just like now I feel like I'm in defense mode, and it's just like well, other people bring it up. <laughs> so like now on social media, especially social media, everybody has an opinion just because you know. On Twitter, you got 140 characters. On Instagram, you can make a 30-second video. On live, you could be on there however long you want. Like, people have a platform for their opinions, so they always go have something to say. I mean, and the think pieces around the elevator, I don't even want to go back to that time because the think pieces, the, all the scenarios people played on their head, I don't want to go back to that time. It was a very depressing time. <laughs> I just think that, uh, you know, much like Anthony said, it's you invited us into the conversation at that point. Pretty much. Um, and the way the social media is set up, even though there are certain things, like, when it comes down to relationships and shit, I'm just like, 
yeah, if you put it online, you know, have your opinion about it or whatever. But what he was doing was like, it was a little strange to me. <laughs> it was just a little strange. Just the way that he addressed the whole situation. It was very, had a very authoritative, authoritative machismo type of thing to it. I'm like, sir, you're a crystal gem. I need you to pipe down. Like, <laughs> lower your fucking tone. You're doing a lot right now. <laughs> and just like, it was just a weird situation. And I'm just like, I, I guess y'all like it. I love, love it. it. Whatever. Dude, you, you, you literally have I think you should shut up. I think you should shut up and take this conversation somewhere else. But like, I mean, at this point, if I take that stone out of your head, you'll die. We don't want that to happen. And I'll be rich. So, Marlene, what? Wow, that was very that was very Florida dark. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, you take it out. What else am I gonna do with it? Bye. In this case, at this point, we play Dungeons and Dragons, bitch. If you want to be a cartoon character, let's do it. I will be the villain and get my money. <laughs> in us, <laughs> no, oh god. Um, well, well, shit. Um, congratulations are in order for Jeannie and Jeezy. Um, they got married, but why oh. were so- shit? <laughs> I have to search my head for a minute. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? I know who it is now. All right. <laughs> so they did something creative. They used a wedding registry to launch a charity to support the Stop Asian Hate Movement. Continue. And I'm moving on to the next topic. <laughs> and I would and I would honestly like to say, um, I don't know if but I don't know if you know this, but my grandfather is Chinese. So like I'm mixed with both. And it's very weird to see, like, the Asian community say, like, you know, stop Asian hate or whatever the case may be. Because, like, I grew up in the housing projects in New York City. Like, I've been around Asian people who own Chinese restaurants, liquor stores, toy stores, whatever the case may be. And I feel like they've definitely targeted us in a way where it's just like, well, now that, you know, somebody's picking on you, you feel like, and it, it was weird to see, like, you know, People say that the black community should step up and, and help the Asian community. Like, well, what? What? I, we can barely stand on our own two feet. So how are we gonna help somebody else get up? Like, we've spent a couple hundred years, like a several several hundred years that we've probably you know one been chained, and then now we just you know don't even know how to stand up on our own two feet. It's just like a baby deer trying to trying to find their trying to find their way, and you you expect us to help everybody else in the forest because all of a sudden. Now the rabbits is getting attacked. Like it's just like, wh- I don't know. But just from my personal perspective, I just feel like it's very odd. And then like her relationship with Jeezy, I personally wouldn't want to touch on because I just, from watching her on the reel and everything, I'm, she's always rubbed me the wrong way. I'll just say that. I will go on record and say this is very true. And there's one thing in particular that I'm tired of. I'm tired of them wanting us to play Captain Save the when some shit goes down. Because for some odd reason, it's automatically, what is the black community? Um, the black community should get behind this. The black community should get behind that. <laughs> We're exhausted. We're fatigued with trying to make sure that we come back home when we walk out the door in the damn morning. We're right. fatigued at this point. And then we're not saying that we're completely against the movement. We feel like there's a bigger picture here, meaning 
stop white terrorism. That's more point. That's more lenient to the point here. And it's not to take out of the conversation because if someone says, no, you shouldn't stop saying, um, you should stay, stop Asian hate. Well, then stop trying to take the black out of Black Lives Matter. Right. <clears throat> white terrorism is literally the foundation of the entire problem. Exactly. White terrorism is at the nucleus of all of our problems. Yes. Uh, so... I understand the ideology behind when you want to start a movement or if you want to help a situation that you go towards the most oppressed Mm -hmm. for the answer. Mm -hmm. Got it. But we have literally not only been in, in the, in the visage of Asians and the stop Asian hate movement. We've literally been under, like Anthony said, the scrutiny and the hate of the Asian community as well. And I'm not speaking about all of them because, you know, I hate to be that person, but I have Asian friends, yada, yada, sis, boom, ba. I'm not ignorant to the fact. But the reality of the, of the matter is that it is quite ironic that you would call upon the people that you oppress, kind of like white people do with us. But then there's that. That's another topic. Another um, topic. But it's just very interesting and very odd that you would call upon a community that you have oppressed yourselves in your attempt to keep your parallel to being white and Caucasian as the Asian community is kind of known for doing. Um, we're sp- speaking specifically to Chinese, Japanese, Asians, yada, yada, whatever, whatever. Um, you all are known for being kind of racist towards black folks. Mm. You're known for trying to be right next to white, mm. which is quote unquote right. Um, you glorify it and everything else. And now that the dog has turned around and bit you again, because this is not the first time that this has happened, as we've said about our movement as well throughout the civil rights and everything else. Um, now you want us, the people that you oppress, that you chase around your stores and accuse us of stealing and tackle us to the floor like you just did that young lady a couple weeks ago um, and all that shit. Now you want us to help you. And granted, I am not inhuman. I believe that it's wrong that they did that to Asian people. Absolutely. I don't think that it's right. I really exactly. wish that white folks would stop raping and pillaging, but that's what you motherfuckers do. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to go into that. Uh, you know, it's, in, mm. it's, in the, it's in the blood. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nike plans on suing the little Nas X um, over his Satan shoes. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> I just honestly feel like he's a very big troll and it's really not that deep. Like, I don't, I just honestly don't think that it's that deep. It's not deep for several reasons. uh, And none of which really have to do with Lil Nas X, if you ask me. Uh, Because the company that made those shoes also made a Jesus shoe not too long ago. (laughs) Y'all won't talk about that. I guess because it's Jesus. But uh, anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do that with you. No, what? I'm I mean, not. The fact it's, resurre- it's Resurrection Sunday. I mean, <laughs> no. First of all, me and, me and Jesus is on baby daddy status. I already sent him his cards and flowers in the mail. He all right. Um, Why but are you like It's the truth. This. Anyway, um, glad you're back. 
Um, so, <laughs> so, and don't y'all come for me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, nothing against Christianity, but like, I, I feel like it has less to do. I feel like it's an opportunity. Um, yes, there's a Nike logo on those shoes. Don't know how we got here with that being the specific shoe. It looks like an Air Max. I'm just gonna say that and let you continue. You know, the but there are lots of shoes that look like the shoes that y'all put out, and y'all regurgitate y'all shoes. So why can't somebody else? Um. Yeah, I get it. Your logo's on the shoe. You want your coin. You see what's going on. It was $1,000 a piece. I want my piece of the pie as well, but let's just call a spade a spade. It's not about them being a Satan shoe. It's because my fucking logo is on it. So yeah, I would want my money too, but it ain't got shit to do with the Satan shit that I wish y'all would just fucking drop. Just stop it. And yes, he is a professional fucking troll, and he has gotten the exact response out of y'all that he's been wanting with this whole fucking thing. You're showing your slip, sis. I see your panties. This is exactly <laughs> what you're saying all this fucking time. Y'all always talking about us going to hell. You're talking about we evil and everything. Then we go to hell, and now you got a problem with it. You tell me that I'm Jason to Satan, and then you get mad when I give him a lap dance and kill him. I don't get it, sis. Like, get out your feelings, but, you know... <laughs> He know how to troll, and he's been doing that to y'all since he started. So, go Lil Nas, please. Thank you. More power to him. I deserve an award. I deserve it. I deserve it. What? For how many times you trigger me into going the fuck off on this podcast? Yes. (laughs) I deserve an award. But, all right. We go from, well... Let's start the dive into shit. We're going to slow dive into shit. <laughs> I thought um, we were already there, but okay. Oh, no. How can it be worse? Oh, no. You you oh, se- you segued into baby daddy territory. So uh, here we go. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware. There's a voter suppression bill that got passed in Georgia where basically they can't allow them to get, like, basically they can't allow them to get water. Anyway, I forget exactly the exact terms of the bill, but they, they basically just, ah. Uh, labeled it as voter suppression. Like, waiting in the long lines whenever there's a... Like, while online for election. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you... you, I forget the terms. It's certain things they can't do. And one of them, I know for a fact, has to do with, like, passing out water. Yeah. It's so stupid. It is very stupid. And it's only... that sounds dumb. So... You want to know the difference between maturity and just pure capitalism? Allow me. So, our um, our first husband that we fell in love with as America, okay, this generation. Congratulations, because oh, before I get into this, the National League, the National League of Baseball decided not to host um the Superstar game. Hmm. Not to our league, Superstar All Star. I forget which one. Anyway, y'all keep up with the balls and the sports and all that. It's not me. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, our our first baby daddy had said, and I. pastime to honor the great Hank Aaron who also led the way by example. And then here comes the other motherfucker. And I quote, as I read a direct statement from someone we no longer know. Baseball is always losing tremendous numbers of fans. 
And now they have they now they leave Atlanta with their all star game because they're afraid of the radical left Democrats who do not want voter ID, which is desperately needed to have anything to do with our elections. Boycott baseball and all the woke companies that interfere with free and fair elections. Are you listening? Coke, Delta, and all exclamation mark. Just Anthony, you want to take it first because you know I got something to say. Just I know. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm the troll bunny today. <laughs> I have, I honestly have no comment. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm kind of with you at this point. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> It's like it's 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 when the bully finally gets their ass kicked, and now you mad, and now you want everybody to rally around you and help you. No, bitch, we don't like you. You're dumb. You're stupid. You've been doing shit wrong this entire time. Now your lip is busted. Now you see how it feels. Go get some fucking Neosporin and ice, bitch. Deal with it. Stay in Florida in Satan's kitchen, like Satan's respirator. Just stay there. You and all of your family, your coked out son, your heart, your horrible ass daughter, your wife, all of y'all. Just stay in Florida. I'm, I'm like trying to figure out where the divorce papers at because I'm tired. I'm tired. I think we all tired, but it's just it's too far right for you to take a stand at what's wrong. Because no one cares. As long as he don't run again, I don't give a damn. I think we all are on the same page. As long as he don't yeah. run again, I don't care. And I feel like if he does, I just hope that somebody really just trips him in the worst way. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the worst way. And don't nobody say nothing about the whole, like, you could blatantly see somebody stick their leg out. We just going you on the ground because we all want to see you there. Like, I just, just don't understand why Final Destination hasn't happened to him yet. I mean, I would envision. You no, know, the, the sentence best. needs to happen to him. I envision I the Final Destination when they're on the highway with the damn tree logs. Mm-hmm. I, it's a beautiful exit, just in my opinion. A beautiful exit. I mean, I'll take a cartoon <laughs> Wally Coyote boulder drops on you in the middle of the freeway if that goes a little bit better. I just don't care. Just shut up. Just go away. I want a good dramatic style death. Mm-mm, no. Good and dramatic. I want you to choke on a sweet pea. That's it. Yeah, it gotta be like slow. Very slow. Something dumb. Something real fucking dumb. This so month, think about all of the people that are not helping you. you. <laughs> a little too far in the mouth. God help us all. <laughs> like lodge it right underneath the uvula and just stop breathing. Just, just, just do what you need to do. Do, do what you need to do, player. And as we move on, so I'm not gonna do pick your poison this week. I think actually I'll save it for the very last one because I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm going to do it. So, <sighs> that's right. Um, <laughs> let's see. Where do I want to go with this? This is about to be fun. Where do I want to go with this? Well, first and foremost, I think I should have started it with this. Um, as we all heard yesterday, DMX is still in critical condition. He actually had a heart attack. Um, it was conflicting reports. At first, they were saying he was off of life support and breathing on his own. Then it got retracted because his lawyer received the wrong information. He actually is still on life support, and he also did put out that he had a heart attack. Um, <clears throat> they're saying that the condition is irreversible, which means there's a high possibility he will not be the same person if he recovers. 
So, um, much love to D. You know, we all rough riders by name by heart. Okay, period. We don't like this, but here we are. So, I made you do <laughs> what happened. I don't have a dog in this race. I hope he gets better. Wow. I never would have thought you would do that. <clears throat> Just keep it real. Listen, I, I never thought I, I have never been a DMX fan like that. We was rough riding on motorcycles and shit with the big R's that looked like the S we used to draw um grammar school. It was cute. Um <laughs> I know he, he's great. But you know, Why, I hope that he know? gets better. Both? I do. I genuinely hope that he gets better. I don't yeah. know. Let me just be transparent. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I jump on the fucking internet. Y'all got prayer hand under DMX. All of a sudden, y'all doing old clips and shit. Y'all know how y'all do. I'm like, girl, what the fuck happened? I didn't want to be that bitch to jump in the middle of the comments and look all dumb and remedial. Right. What the fuck happened? But everybody's like, oh, they're talking about drugs and then all this other stuff. And prayers up. I thought the man died for a minute, but apparently and in the hospital. They tried to put him in the coffin like already. I'm like, what are y'all doing here? Right. That's why I'm like. The funny part was I recently talked about how his performance at Woodstock in 99 literally is a staple in hip-hop music because that was a large crowd you know, to perform. Was hella people. And I'm just like, you know, it's just interesting. I, when I used to work for TSA, I saw him in life, real life for the first time, and I was like, you really talk like that. He really he really talk like that? He really does. He's really that, all that loud barking and shit, all that, that that's him in real life. And I was like, well, at least we're con- at least the continuity to character is. I mean, just, is you know, and it's, right? You know, because so. I hate. Thank you. I okay. hate when they have like the famous people who are like either whether they're singers or actors and they speak and they have like a whole different accent or they just sound or they just totally different. Like it was weird to see um like Regine or Real Housewives and she was just like boring, very boring, and not the character. <laughs> And my thing is, that just speaks to people doing their job really fucking well. There are some people, when you really hate somebody in a movie or a show, or you see them in real life, you really want to fight, you you really did your job. So let me just, yeah. you really Shout did out your to job. <laughs> I wanted to fucking beat your ass. Up. But anyway, continue. Um, <laughs> so, um, the battle, and please don't take what I'm about to say. As a, as a jab or anything, I don't mean it in a sensitive way. Um, I'm going to call this um, Battle Royale is the options that you have here. Um, you have the investigation versus the headbutt. We're gonna start with the headbutt because it just sounds stupid. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing his first name correct. Um, Chet Hanks, if you guys are not familiar, he is the son of Tom Hanks. You guys remember the one that did that wanted to speak in Patois? <laughs> you remember that video? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. trying to talk in Patois. I'm like, no, ma'am. Apparently, um, he actually found him a a girlfriend who just so happens to be African-American. Um, and apparently they broke up. But there's a video that has surfaced online of her going oops upside his head. Um, there was actual blood from like right here. 
Um, and apparently he files a lawsuit against his ex-girlfriend and she obtains a restraining order against him after um, excuse me, January altercation is captured on video. Now, this information is coming directly from TMZ. They said they obtained the video of the violent altercation that took place back in Jan- on January 8th at his place in Sugarland, Texas. In the video, Kiana can be seen holding her, holding a pot in her hand as she alleges that she threatened him with a knife. Then she then hits the camera as he records, and the video then cuts off to Chet with blood on his head, on his face. The site remain on um, the site reports that Kiana obtained a restraining order against Chet back in January after she ale- uh, after she alleged that he roughed her up more than once between October 2020 and January 2021. When it comes to Chet, he recently filed a lawsuit for the January 2021 incident. He claims that things started when <clears throat> when he broke things off with Kiana after he learned that she allegedly stole from him. He claims that she charged thousands of dollars on his credit cards and got away with some of his property as well. He is now suing her for assault and battery theft and the return of the money she that he alleged she stole. I believe Kiana. I do too. Kiana is a woman, is a godly woman. She is a woman of color and she is a woman in general. And that is a white, rich man with privilege. The camera cut off and he came back with, that doesn't mean that, you know, and she had domestic, she had reports of domestic violence in the past where he has done things to her. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I don't know, like for me, to, maybe because I just watch too much SVU, but I'm going to always believe the woman right away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I believe my good sis. Sometimes you, you know, I don't condone violence, but some in some situations, these men be having you effed up out here. Like they be really and men really up. think that they you won't the women won't do anything. It's the setup for me. <laughs> so you knew she was stealing from you, quote unquote, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. You knew she was stealing from you, but you did nothing. Allegedly. Then she busts you upside your head and threatened you with a knife. Now, allegedly. My, now, allegedly. Here's my thing. <laughs> you always gotta say allegedly, because we here's don't know I don't know. I wasn't there. But here's my thing. Allegedly. Judging by my 38 years <laughs> under the tutelage of a lot of really strong black women. Yes, black women. You don't get to the pot and knife. On some regular shit. Right. It's very rare. Very. That women are aggressive in nature in that fashion of their own volition that we know of. But from my experience, when a black woman pull out a pot on your ass and threaten to stab you with a knife, you done fucked up. She tired of your shit. You done fucked up. I I feel like she tired of your shit and I feel like she not going to take no more, and that's why your head is split open. So, make it make sense, sir, because why are you now, after your wig is split, ready to sue? She was stealing your money before this shit happened, allegedly. Allegedly. But she didn't already said that you've been tossing her around like a rag doll and shit all across the room. She was sick of your shit then. Rough that. So, you should have known then that she was already fucking up. And now that your wig is split... Now you got an issue. Now you want to sue, sir. Take your licks and move on. Yeah, Sorry, I had to. Yeah. I told you, stop fucking with me. I'm not gonna fuck <laughs> off. 
And when she fucked up on your ass and split your fucking wig cap back, now you mad. She already did what we've been trying to do to you for the longest time with this patois shit. Like, you know, at this point, she did it for the culture. So just deal with it. That's how she I probably think. told you just to stop saying it. <laughs> you just, you just kept saying it. <laughs> we switched from one case of oops upside the head to the one that I promise you is the last week y'all gonna hear me talk about because I've had enough. What the fuck now? Oh my god. Um, I referenced my newly single wig this week because Sweetie um, had put out, that's right, I said, that's why I said it's the last week. You see, if y'all could see Marlon's initial reaction when I said it, it lets you know. That's how I know it's about the last time I'm about to see about this because I'm getting tired of talking about it. So, um, this week, a video surfaced, um, which I saw on the Twitters. And it was a bit conflicting to watch. I'm not going to hold anybody to it. Um, because though we didn't see an actual fist connect or anything like extremely physical happen, you did see what Chet, uh, what Kiana said Chet did to her. We saw roughing up for the mm-hmm. most part. But, um, you know, Sweet Nightingale had decided to release a statement exclusively to the Shade Room after the video surfaced, because um, I don't know if you guys know, the LAPD now has a hold of that video. So it's a possibility that Quavo might actually receive charges. So, t-shirt. So, you know, um, the, excuse me, the Icy Girl had released a statement. She said, um, there were simply too many hurdles to overcome in our relationship. Her actual statement. So, it, it leaves it very vague, might I That was add. it? That was, so apparently that was it. Hold on. This unfortunate incident happened a year ago while we were reconciling since then and moved past this particular disagreement. There were simply too many hurdles to overcome in our relationship, and we both um we have both since moved on. She continued, I kindly ask that everyone respect my privacy during this time. Here's my thing. I, I'm ready. All right, this is why I saved it for last. This I'm, is exactly why I saved it for last. I'm, I'm always with you until you hit me with the please respect my privacy. Because where did the video come from? How did how did it how did it get to the public? How did we get a hold someone, of it? Someone someone leaked it. It's kind of you know, it's kind of like the elevated um incident from before. It's like elevated part two. So my thing is, in this instance, where we are talking about Abuse, mm. which we all we already know, is a hot trigger topic. You, since you can't like, you can't show me a video of your man going upside your head and then tell me, please give me a moment, and then expect me to give you a moment and not feel some kind of way. Well, like especially when you're dealing with fans and stuff like that. People that's going to ride for Sweetie, yada, yada, whatever, whatever. And then you tell me, respect my privacy. It's not private, sis. It's it's not. Like, we here. Yeah. We see. So we finna drag this nigga. Like, it, it's not going to stop there. It's, it's unfortunate that that's how it works, but it's a tale as old as time. Especially with celebrities, once you put it out there, it is no longer yours. From mm-hmm. art to your personal business. 
You have put it out for the masses, and everybody's going to have a reaction to it, and they're going to take it to where they want to. If y'all got past it, it it shouldn't be here. And maybe that sounds insensitive, but that's just how I look at it. Like, if it was something that you all got past, the fact that it's here now is like, well, did you really get past it? Because this whole leaking shit is just really iffy to me all the time. It just feels too... It, so wait, so were they together when the video leaked? Hmm. Were they together when were they together when the video leaked? This is after the fact. This right? is after they broke up. Like we didn't even see the okay. shit okay. this whole yeah. conversation came up about yeah. Okay, yeah, so they they, they, they broke up, up and then he like started they started like doing petty stuff to each other. Okay, they had the, they, okay, I'm it's coming back to me now. They had an exchange on Twitter and then the video came out. Okay. So um, I think very much yeah. you trying to give me I'm not the woman that you said I was. Hmm. You're not the man that you were you supposed to be. Me. Here's why. Please respect my privacy in pictures. <laughs> I feel like as celebrities, that's just something that they say. I don't think it's really they expect no, they it to happen, but it. I feel like it's best for them to just not say anything, much like when the elevator incident happened. I don't think she said anything publicly other than like in a song she referenced it. And I feel like that's nine times out of ten the best thing that you can do because the more that you say, the worse it's going to make you look. Like you say, and respect my privacy, you're in the public eye. So there's no such you're thing as privacy. You're talking about it on a daily basis. How are you asking people to respect your privacy when you're right. consistently talking about it? But, and they had such a positive relationship, like, in the beginning. But from what everybody saw, it was never, like, drama, drama, drama. It was like, y'all cute. Y'all buy each other gifts. Y'all ain't the best rappers, but y'all cute. But, I mean, to take it back before social media, like, have you all seen um, the Tina Turner documentary? Yes, God. I haven't watched it yet. Well, you need so to watch it. it it's her really situation good. is very similar in the sense that before the age of social media, mm-hmm. uh, everybody loved Ike and Tina Turner. They were like the best thing since sliced bread. And it wasn't until it came out, and it came out way before the movie in our times, that the shit was going on between them two where she was in an abusive relationship. Since then, Tina Turner has literally been trying to get away and stop talking about that situation. But again, once it's out in the public, they have not stopped talking talking about about it. it. She literally, first she wrote her first book way before the movie came out. So she could stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. She wanted to be done with it. Like She's like, I have literally... Divorced this man, gotten away from him, started my own career, became my own pop star, bigger than anything that we did as Ike and Tina, and people still ask me. Because it's like when you feed a stray animal, they're going to keep coming back. Like, and that's how like the media is. Like, people know that you know situations happen to certain like things, whatever the case may be. Like, for example, with Rihanna and Chris Brown, I don't feel like it's very likely for her to continuously get asked about it like later on in her career because she's not making a movie about it she's not writing a she's not continuously making songs about the situation she doesn't even make music anymore because she probably doesn't want to have interviews about it because when music when when artists go on interviews and they do like their press runs they have to answer certain questions and stuff like that but when you have like a makeup line or you do fashion and stuff like that you're not really being interviewed you're more so like i'm showing you what i've been working on it's not the same as like a mu- like a, a musician or whatever the case may be, but I don't feel like that will follow her as much as like everybody else because she doesn't really talk about it like that. Like she talked about it with Oprah, 
she did a couple interviews, but it wasn't like this is like because I feel like sometimes when people talk about certain situations too much, especially domestic violence and women, it overshadows everything else that they have done. Mm-hmm. And they could have been the most impactful woman ever, but that is the only thing that people will remember because people are just messy. And that's just flat out what it is. Like people love drama. That's why people watch TV, but that's why people watch television, like because they like that extraness of something that they they can just dig into and they can just keep reading about and do more and more and more because when they have kids and people get you know they grow up tina turner's icon like people always gonna know about tina turner and people always gonna know the reference of like her and the and the the cake and stuff like that like people make references it references to references to it in their songs and not to say that it's okay but it's just like this is something that now you've talked about it so it kind of makes people it kind of makes other people feel like it's okay for them to talk about it and the conversation to continue so like when they don't talk about talk about certain things or like they kind of just well it's not even very common because not a lot of celebrities have done that in the past. I feel like from my perspective, Rihanna's the only one that's really like strayed away from music and still been very much in the public eye. But I don't hear anything about like people asking her about her domestic violence situation or her relationship with Chris Brown. Like they don't bring the two up in the situation. Well, so that's just my opinion. To be perfectly fair, we've also come a very long way um, away from the old days of the way that media works, um, all the way down to the way that we distribute and even listen to music. This generation is to a point where their attention is not long enough to keep going back to shit, honestly. Um, It'll stay up in like social media. Like it'll still be a reference because some people still reference it. You know what I mean? If you mention Chris Brown and Rihanna in the same sentence on a topic that has nothing to do with that, the trigger is going to go right back to that. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like the way that media works right now, I think that celebrities right now have a uh, a better leg up in it because the attention span is totally different. Um, people still reference and talk about the elevator thing with Beyonce and Jay-Z, but it's not a hot topic anymore because we've moved right. so far. You know what I mean? But it's not something that will ever, it's going to go down in infamy forever because of the way that it happened. You know what I mean? I will always be Solange if a nigga got me fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So I have have a question though. Do you think that like because of society now and we're not so much like tolerant of certain things and like it isn't something that we want to keep talking about because we can move past it. Do you think that's also something that kind of contributes to it not being so much like Ike and Tina and Chris Brown and, and Rihanna. Like, it'll come up in conversation because, of course, they were in a relationship. But do you feel like our gen- like our generation and the generations after us, like, do you feel like we're, like, not as tolerant of making kind of, like, money off of somebody's battered story and kind of just, like, focusing on... Like, if they ever made a movie about Rihanna's life, I don't feel like that would be a very focal point of the movie the way that it was for Ike and Tina. I beg to differ. Um, because not for nothing, it was a very big part of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be as big as I and Tina because the difference between those two is I and Tina were married. Um, just the buildup to how everything happened between I and Tina in opposition to Chris Brown and Rihanna. We barely knew that they were together, and they weren't really together that long. And that literally became their relationship to us. When that came out is when people really was like, 
oh shit, they are together. <laughs> oh shit, this thing happened. Um, and it became a thing. So I think that that's a big difference. But also, um, more to your question, I feel like we have a lot of we have a lot more language for things like this now that we didn't have back then. We are having conversations now that are more geared towards no longer allowing things like this to happen to not only celebrities, but people alike, because things like that kind of humanize celebrities. And that's right. something that we haven't always had. So I, I, the other thing to that is, is that because we all have like this platform to say what we want to say, and it can go from our living room all the way to fucking Timbuktu in 30 seconds these days, we've also become kind of desensitized to shit because we talk about it so much. So back then when Ike and Tina were really big and we weren't even really having conversations about domestic abuse, let alone having that kind of terminology. Uh, and when that was something that happened all the time in homes and nobody talked about it, in opposition to now where we have complete movements, we have language for it, we have organizations right. that fight against it. Like we are literally trying to erase that type of behavior so it doesn't happen again. So like I see what you're saying, but like now we've come a really long way from those times. Definitely. Yeah. It is the way that it is now, in my opinion. With that being said, that's all I got for scroll on this week. <laughs> Thank you so much for attending the TED Talk. Um this station same day next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we get a quick pause, fill these cups real quick, and then we'll jump back into the three. We did as could though. I mean, let's do that. Let's 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 pause. <laughs> Hold on. Let's pause. We'll be back, y'all. We'll be right back. No, no. Um, while we were filling our cups, I I, I genuinely I, I have a question. Facebook, IG, Twitter. Twitter. Yes, and then we have an actual email set up. Yes, yes. So, WRYH Podcast on all social media platforms. And then, and then, if and you then, want to send an email. Yes, God. Send an email. Send I don't like crying to y'all. Send an email. Give them the email. At WRYH at gmail.com. Once again, it is AskWRYH Podcast at gmail. Listen. What so, is your excuse? I mean, what, what's the problem? You ain't got nothing. The smartphone is in your hand right now. I got problems. We got answers. So, send in your listener letters, questions, comments, concerns. Let us know how you feel in the show. Maybe it's something you want us to talk about. But you got to send it in. If we don't talk to you, we won't know. That's right. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired. My, yes, my, I'm tired of handing him tissue. Don't stress me out. You. Just you. 
Y'all stressing Lonnie out too. Uh, clearly he's clearly he's crying. He won't fight with me today. But anyway, yes, yeah. make sure you make that happen. And uh, he can leave. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> he can leave for real, y'all. Oh my god. <sighs> Alrighty, we're back at the rodeo kids. We is back, who's? We back at the rodeo children. All right, y'all. So welcome to the thread. It is time for our topic for the day. Uh, this week we are going to dive into some good goodness. Uh, my lovely, co- my lovely host here, Lonnie, mm, uh, gave me it. an idea for a topic. I did. <laughs> 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 You know, he had these moments where he'd be like, friend, what you got? Because I got a little something. You know what it is, truth be told, before we even get into it, I can have an amazing topic, but Marlon has amazing, well, comes up with amazing questions. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I'll give him a topic, like, I don't know if he got nothing, but I was thinking this. And now I said, I'll leave him be because I already know he knows how to come up with questions. So it's like, I'll let him rock with I that. I know what I'm doing. Um... <laughs> Yes, so he wanted to talk about can people change? And I think that this is really good for a multitude of reasons. And I I, I honestly had to kind of stop myself because I was going in uh, because there were lots of ways we can talk about this conversation. It was a very broad. It was a weird one. Yeah, because it's and it's been a lot of shit. It's been going on in social media uh, that could have gone with this topic. But anyway, so, yeah, we're going to jump into it. We're going to jump into it. Y'all ready? Ready. All right. Ready. Um, let's see. Where should we start? So, tell me about a behavior or idea mm. that you used to have that you completely switched gears on. <sighs> My answer is problematic. Anthony, go first. Oh God. My answer is nasty. Huh? Okay, so I'll, my answer is not a, it's, it's age appropriate, but I'll just, I'll be, I won't be so vulgar. Um, so as a gay man, uh, um, pause before you start. We grown, so be as vulgar as you want. It's Don't fine. Oh, it's okay. Fine. <laughs> it's not, this is a space. Okay. Fuck shits and spits. You won't do what you got to do. Okay. Well, shit. That's it. As a gay man. Um, I didn't have like my first sexual experience until okay, fully intercourse sexual experience until seventeen, um, and then throughout college, I was what people would consider a strict top because I just from in my mind could not fathom. Come on, come on strict top. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't fathom, you know, the whole bottoming situation. But it was just like as I got older, the more I got into relationships, and the more I started to actually like the guys that I was in relationships with. I was open to trying things. I never like tried to force anybody to, you know, mm-hmm. oh my God, put it in my butt. But <laughs> 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 but it was just like, you know, I thought the conversation. <laughs> what, wait, say it again. I have to remember. Oh my God, put it in my butt. It's here. Like, it's, you know, like, I, like, I don't know. Like, and it, it wasn't just like, you know, like, I was thinking about it every day, like, oh my God, like, you know, just put it in my butt. Like, no, it was more like, <laughs> <laughs> it was more so like the conversation. <laughs> it was more so like the conversation of like, me and my boyfriend just talking and 
him asking me is that something that I'm open to. And I'm like, I mean, I've never tried it before. Long story short, I'm, I would consider myself fully versatile now. Um, I mean, you know, I wouldn't just let anybody run up in me. But, you know, I'm more open to it. So I feel like in that aspect, um, people can change. But I, I know that I definitely could change. So I feel like I would just get tired of the same thing. It's just like if I ate chicken every day. If I fried it, pan fried it, air, like, I just could not eat chicken. I could not do the same thing every day for the rest of my life. So how long did it take to change and what was that process like for you on that idea? Um, but what do you mean how long did it take? I mean, it didn't take like, you know, convincing or anything. It was just the kind like if I had a conversation with somebody that I was in a relationship with and that was something that they were open to, mm-hmm. um, I would say it probably was like my third relationship that I actually, you know, bottomed. Um, but but he was more into like he was more like you know asking me to or whatever the case may be and I was like all right like I wouldn't mind trying it but don't you know don't get crazy (laughs) (laughs) I guess my question is from like you said your first um, full intercourse experience started at 17 so from 17 your first experience to when you changed. Oh, it wasn't until 23. Okay. At, yeah, like 23. Yeah, 23. And then all that it pretty much took was you deciding that you weren't going to do the same thing forever and having a conversation with your partner at that time for you to change your mind. Yeah, it was It was more so like as I got old, like it's just with me and my sexuality in general. Like for a long time growing up, um, I'm the only openly gay person in my family. So it was just like, I never really had anybody to be like, you know, it's okay to be gay. So it's kind of like a feeling that you continuously fought. Um, so like, that's kind of what it felt like for me. It was just like, I've never been open to it because it was just, this is the easier way. Like, I really don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really don't have to do anything. To hell with you. So, <laughs> and it was like, you know, I never really like thought about it in that way, I guess. But, you know, as sexual experiences went on, I guess my mind just started to, to wonder. And then the conversation came up, but so it was just like, okay. Okay. All right, problematic Patty. Come on. (laughs) Reiterate the question again, please. Tell me about a behavior or idea you used to have that you've completely switched gears on. Mm. You know you had it. Don't be acting like you're trying to think about it. You said it was problematic. It's right there. Go ahead, spill it. You know, in my old age, child, you know, I'm, I'm like, why <laughs> time? Dramatic Deborah. Come on, girl, spit it out. You, first of all, that's right. It's not Deborah, it's Dramatic Debbie. <laughs> Get your shit. <laughs> right, Debbie. Um, I could say mine is more so not needing to be. Not needing to be in the being in the conversation, I guess is a better way I could say it. Because a little bit, because I get what you're saying, but I found peace in the person I've become. Okay, so it's more so before I was anxious for years, didn't know why, and it was until I started really doing the work internally to understand this is why you feel this way and why, like. It just took a bunch of alterations for me to really understand. Like, I don't know what it is about this awakening that you have when you as you get older. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just severe. It always happens. 
And I just, I find peace in just being by myself. Okay. Like, honestly, I find peace in it. Okay. In my house. So with, the, my, with my wine. The behavior was... In my clip, that period. You, <laughs> so the behavior was you felt like you always needed to be in the conversation, in the mix. I found more pleasure in not being the typical gay guy. And what is what does that mean, the typical gay guy? The girl that loves drama. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> not doing it. It's way more peaceful. Now I'm like, I ain't got time. I don't have fun. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. So how long did it take you to change and what was that process like for you? It took almost two years. Okay. Um, the process was mainly trusting how I felt and trusting the growth that comes with it mm-hmm. and not being afraid of it. Because a lot, like a lot of times, what we what we love to do is we find comfort in discomfort. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll stay in a situation, or and we'll stay in a situation longer than needed, or around around individuals longer than needed. And then when you finally understand, maybe I'm better without this one. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm better without that. Always having to deal with this um, situation, this person this place, this thing, Mm -hmm. no matter what it is, especially when you start to understand your triggers when it comes to especially your mental health, sometimes you have to trust your triggers. Mm -hmm. Your triggers tell you exactly what it is that stresses you out. Your triggers will tell you this is what brings me anxiety. This is why we're stressed out. And sometimes we don't want to listen. We'd Mm -hmm. rather stay what we're comfortable with knowing opposed to going to the unknown. Mm -hmm. And I found more peace in the unknown. Dig it. Okay. That's cool. Um, an idea that I used to have as a young queer man. Come on, young queer. Um, is my opposition to femininity. Ooh, okay. Talk about it. Come on in. Uh, when okay. I was a young gay, because I came out when I was 16. But I've young been tender. Knowing about... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to cry. I had to do it. I Young it. Tender? Young Tender. Uh, <laughs> I've been knowing about my love for men since I was eight. Uh, but it was nine for me. Yeah, many of us know a long, long time ago. Um, but it was ten for you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Rem- I don't. I don't remember what grade I was in. I don't remember how old I was because my birthday's at the end of the year, so I could never tell you how old I was. But it was like the first, second grade. Yeah. Sad you have. So, (laughs) I remember when I came out, you know, that was like late 90s. And around that time, originally, like, I'm a native Chicagoan. And I know that... We're so fine niggas in Chicago. Many of us... Many of us uh, went through that stage where hyper-masculinity specifically within the gay community was big. Huge. And if you were not thugged out in your white tee and baggy jeans, then you just were not, you were not the flavor of the month. The week, the day, nothing. So he was walking around here looking like Fantasia's Hoodboy video? Yes! (laughs) Yes, you were. 
Yes, yeah. we were. <laughs> I hate your life. Oh, yes. So back then, I was very opposed to dating feminine men. Uh, it also showed up in different ways where I remember back then I was scared of drag queens, much less trans women. It did not make sense to me. I did not want to be around it. Uh, uh, but the great thing about Marlon is um, gay as hell. Have been for a long time, and I got over that really fucking quick. Um, because like not soon after, like two years after I came out, uh, I started the I started um, I joined the ballroom scene with my best friend, and after that it was like. Throwing yourself in the fire with fucking kerosene drawers on and gasoline gloves. Like, <laughs> we here. You in it now. But I will say that as it pertains to my attraction to other men, mm. the opposition or apprehension to feminine men stuck around for a couple more years. And it wasn't until probably like my mid-20s that I kind of got up off of that a little bit, especially because when I was a teenager, especially when I hit ballroom scene, I was gay as hell. <laughs> butch, queen, butch! Yes. That Come, on, was me. Come on, VQ. Come on, VQ. You know, so I, I look back at myself now and I'm like, bitch, you wasn't fooling nobody. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but I, I think that by societal standards, society shapes us a lot, mm -hmm. especially like in our own little a close of space where we exist. So in this instance, being young black queer men and being affected by other black queer men around us where we are like, not many of us are or were strong enough to go off the beaten path and be like, I'm gonna be myself, fuck what y'all doing. I like what I like. So back then I was just like, we don't do sissies, that's it. Like, no, I can't be out here and he had, he had to have a you switching voice. and your lip gloss popping. and he had, to, he had to have that deep, husky voice. You know, like masking the voice, giving all that shit, you Break know, it. looking Break mean it. while you're out, all that. But now I've come so far from that. The evolution starting in my mid-20s up to where I am now, mm -hmm. in my late 30s, I don't even, I don't even think like that anymore at all. Like, I can see the beauty in femininity and feminine men and um, my trans community and stuff like that. Like, I, I just, it all took a lot of self-love and addressing what my real issues were. And essentially, it all stemmed from a place of fear, not wanting to be outed, not wanting to be othered. All that stuff is essentially where it came from. And that's how I changed my shit. Let me see your questions real quick. Okay. No. Uh, you already know I want to see your questions. I know, but we only got two more. We're so just going to have to go. Um, next question. I don't like that. <laughs> what else? So, don't laugh at him because he's not funny. Whatever. <laughs> uh, next question. Do you believe that anyone can change their behavior and or thoughts? Why or not? No. You don't believe that anyone can change? No. Why? Let me rephrase that. Yes. Yeah, can people change? Yes. Can they do it? There's a complication right there. In order to change, you have to want to do it for yourself. True. So 
I cannot sit here wholeheartedly say, oh, this person changed. And sometimes the change could be either good or bad. Mm. So I feel everyone has the right to change. Everyone's going to change. You're not going through life if you don't change. But sometimes people change for the good. Sometimes people change for the bad. But they have to want to change for themselves. Okay. So I that's a, like on a fence type situation. I'll automatically I'm going to say no. Okay. Just let y'all know. I'm just gonna say <laughs> yes, I do believe people can change. Um, but I feel it's, I feel similar to Lonnie. It's like you know people can change, but people don't want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not until they're either put in a situation that causes them to you know change their mindset. It may be like you know when someone like my father was very homophobic. Now he has a gay son. I'm the only person in the family who has a college degree. Well, only man in the family who has a college degree. So it's just like, do you really not like gay people or do you just not understand what the situation is and you have to have somebody in your life so that you can understand what it is? Just like politicians and stuff like that. They don't pass laws until something don't until something happens to them. And it's just like people can change, but again, like they have to want to do it themselves and it has to be something that you know happens to them i mean sometimes you know people just like for me example like i'm i'm i was a very petty person in my life like in college and i can can still be very petty i trust and believe i can be very petty but it's just like i know when i'm being petty so just me being mindful of that and not doing it just because or whatever the case may be it's just like i had to make the decision one day like okay i see what's going on in my relationships whether it be friendships or romantic relationships and it isn't healthy. Like, it's not working. So clearly, like, I have a problem and it's not everybody else. So it had to be something that I physically wanted to, you know, fix about myself. Because when I go into work, I can't have this personality. My personal life is going to my work life. How I work go hand in hand with each other. So it's just like, I have to deal with people that I may, I may necessarily don't like. So I can't always respond the way that I want to. I have to be mindful of the way that I respond to people. When I was working at a law firm, that a paralegal said to me, like, you know, why don't you treat your relationships with people like their jobs? Like, why don't you value them as if it was your job? And my response was, because they're not paying me. But I have to value them in a a different way. Like, people are like human capital. Like, you can have people in your life. They may not be giving you money, but they are valuable. Like, their thoughts, the experiences that they go through and just having them, like, because you can't do shit by yourself. Like, you you can't. Like, you can live alone, but at the end of the day, you cannot do everything by yourself. No matter how you look. Even if we went back to the Stone Ages, nobody was literally doing everything. No one, no one person was doing everything. There was a man who was working in the field. He had a, uh, a wife who was working in the house, either making your clothes, cooking your... Like, there was no one person who just mentally was okay and doing everything like you need help in your life so i just had to realize that the people in my life were valuable and i wanted to do something to make sure that you know they stayed here okay um to answer it pretty quickly for me i do believe that people can change uh i will mirror you all's ideas and uh quotes about people needing to want to change in order for it to happen because that is a thing um, but yes, short answer, yes, I do believe that people can change their behavior and thoughts. Now, 
How much of our desire to see people change comes from personal expectations or experience? Yay. <laughs> Ooh, that was loaded. Um, hmm. I, I think I'm going to go first because that. Ooh, okay. I see what you did there. I see what you did. You think you slick. I see what you did. I just know what I'm doing. You, apparently. Um, <clears throat> there's one thing that I've learned when it comes to expectation. Mm-hmm. It is the quickest way for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have our expectations and other people, there's always a way they find to let us down. It never fails. You're going to get let down if you have a certain expectation for everyone in your life. So I'm not saying that it's wrong to put that type of expectation on someone. I just feel like it's the biggest recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. If that person wants to change, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. You have to want to do it for yourself. You have to see the person in you or the side of you that you don't like. But I'm not here to hold your hand through that process. So I don't expect anything from anyone. None. Nothing. Zilch. Hmm. Bam. Okay. Tasha Mack shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely agree. Um, I had to let go of like expectations of a lot of friends. Um, and... It, I guess, you know, it helped me kind of just maneuver in life with people um, and not hope, not, and not feel so, like, not feel so bad about certain situations because that's just who a person is. Like, like you said, you can't make a person change and I'm not going to hold your hand to walk down the road of change. Like that has to be something that you want to do. Um, like I've let friendships go because of that. People who lie, people who, for, and for no reason, I just feel like that's, one of the weirdest things that a friend could do to you is lie. And especially like when you've had a friendship for a years, it's not like, you know, Oh, a new friend and well, but even, I mean, that's not a good thing, but when you've built a, a strong relationship with somebody and they just flat out continuously lie, it's like, well, I know I'm not going to get upset about the situation. I'm just going to remove myself from the situation because this is just who you are. Me coming to you and explaining this would just one for me personally frustrate myself. So it's just kind of like, I would only want you to do that. Like if I, if I tried to get somebody to change, it would be because I, I'm going to try to make you cookie cutter as to what Anthony wants you to be. And that's just not realistic because Anthony ain't going to be cookie cutter to what somebody else wants to be. I'm going <laughs> to be myself. So I can't force anybody else to do that. Like even with kids, it's just like let people be people because at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. It's interesting. I asked that question because... I, I knew that the knee-jerk response would be to speak to our own personal experiences because that's part of the question. But I challenge you all to take a step outside of your own personal lives and think about how this question pertains to how we react to people in social media and the public eye. Prime example, something recent that happened. So I know where you're going with this. <laughs> There was recently a conversation with um, YouTuber I Am Zoe talking about Waka Flocka and his daughter coming out as a lesbian. We all know, unless you've not had your ear to the streets as far as his career is concerned, because honestly, I couldn't tell you what song that man made, but he famous. Uh, So he has not been very kind to the LGBT community. He has stood 10 toes down in his opposition to the LGBT community. Apparently, uh, on Love & Hip Hop Atlanta, 
Is it long? Growing up hip hop. Growing up hip hop. Something. One of them reality TV. It's growing up hip hop. Uh, his daughter recently came out as a lesbian and <laughs> wanted to bring her girlfriend to her quinceanera. His wife, Tammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, apparently, they had a whole scene set where she sat down with the daughter and they were preparing to have this conversation with Waka about it. And then when he finally came in and entered the scene and they told him about it, he hit him with the, okay. Now he's changed. So Zoe, exactly. So Zoe was like, I call bullshit. We all know who you are. We all know how (laughs) you have been. We all know what you presented to the world as a person that is in opposition hating whatever terminology we want to use of LGBTQ people. Now, all of a sudden, because your daughter is now queer and stepped out and came out about it, now you're okay. Keep that same energy. Where did you come from with this? Is basically what was said. And then Tammy, being the woman that she is, jumped back and was trying to defend her husband. and was like, people can change. People can learn. But I believe that a lot of us wanting people to change is rooted in our own personal expectations because we want people to accept us for who we are as people, and we always have. And it's not a wrong thing because everybody wants to be expected, accepted, but our expectations of people is to, if you're going to be who you are, stand in that shit. But why can't we... And this is me playing devil's advocate. Of course you are. Why can't we? Of course you allow are. Waka to uh, change. Oh, child. Okay. I have a prime example for this, and I want to go. Oh. I have a prime example for this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you remember a few weeks back, um, Tiffany Pollard. If you guys don't know who Tiffany Pollard is, she played New York on um on Flavor of Love. She's a known VH1 star. Mm-hmm. We all know Tiffany. We love her. That's our girl. Mm-hmm. Um, it came a video um, resurfaced from a show on Zeus from um, Chance. If you guys don't remember, that was one of the contestants from I Love New York, blah blah blah. So apparently, there was a trans woman that was on the show, and her comments toward the woman was very transphobic. Now, Tiffany's approach to this was to be educated on where she went wrong because if you guys don't know, a lot of the celebrities that we've had from yesteryear that basically might be either veterans or people that just work the actual circuit when it comes to like doing club walkthroughs, blah, 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 blah. The gays keep them fed. In this case, Tiffany's, we've been feeding Tiffany for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. So when she, when she realized that it was a grave mistake when that aired, she came forth with wanting to understand where she went wrong. It's not that people cannot change it's the behavior to set change when she knew she messed up she seeked out for understanding about why she messed up where she messed up how she messed up especially due to the fact that one of her closest friends is cs madison she wanted to rectify it don't tell me someone changed if in reality They've never made any steps toward progress, whether it's private or whether it's private or public. It does not matter. Your headlines, when it comes to anything related to the community, has always been negative. So now, all of a sudden, because your child—I'm saying this respectfully—because he considers Charlie to be his child, 
now that your child identifies in the community, you want to be more understanding. There's nothing wrong with that. It just looks like you put on a show for the camera. That's what we're talking about. When Zoe went on and did that video, he was taught he wasn't even really directing it toward Waka. What he was directing it toward is the double standard that black men face when we come out versus black women. And it's the topic that went over their heads. It's like the double standard is what he was talking about. That's why I was like, I get what Zoe's talking about. I understand. A lot it. of us did. Yeah. A lot of us understood what Zoe was talking about. They took it personal. And I was like, yo, it went over your heads. But see, it's that's okay. my thing. Hit dogs are gonna holler. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Always, I'm like, it was, it was, <laughs> this is hilarious. So I, I do believe that at some point in time, genuinely, I'm not because I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna say that that, that he could never change. But I don't feel like he is changed. But I do feel like at some point Waka can change. But I feel like the difference between Waka actually changing. And you know, accepting the community and it and it being accepted by the community is more so of like he goes on to make he goes on and talks about um Dwayne Wade's daughter, and it's just like, well, you said this after this show because clearly this this at this episode already aired, so right, so now you're still talking about it, so it's just like if you really changed or accepted or wanted to understand you would just go have a conversation with him or invite him to have a conversation to help you understand like it's really not that hard to educate yourself about something i just feel like what black maybe maybe heterosexual black people will understand it better is if like a white man walked into a room a room full of black people saying like yeah i'm okay with these i'm okay with black people but as soon as you sit down he starts sweating like why are you sweating because you're the only white person like you're really not comfortable and, and, and it'll show. Like you can say whatever you want, but your actions are always going to speak louder than your words. So it's just like Tammy even used um, the guy. What's his name? Shad. I can't. Oh, Shad Santiago. Yes, his best friend. Now, right. Let me interject real quick because Shad is also a very important piece to this story as well. Oh, no. I'm not sure. <laughs> So, Shad, if you guys are not aware, Shad is Tammy's best friend. He's also a friend of Waka. He's been a friend of Waka for years. Now, we're not saying that he's not, he's not tolerable. But what we're saying, in all retrospect, to be brutally honest, we all know that the girls love a homophobic boyfriend slash husband. They'll be sitting there smiling on your face. And then she's turning your back. All of a sudden, they curse you out, calling you all types of F-bombs. Like... Like this is what I, this is what we're talking about. It's the selectiveness for me. It's the selectiveness of when you want to be bothered for me. And people called you out on your shit, and y'all still deflecting like all hell. Deflecting. Yeah, they try to use shot as like an excuse to say like, "Oh, I didn't understand things about the gay community. He educated me about that." Me as a black gay man, I cannot educate anybody about something. Somebody of trans experience. I cannot educate anybody of somebody who is bisexual. I cannot educate you on anybody who, I, that's not me. Like, that's not my job. Like, it just is not my job to educate you on every black culture that there is. Like, I can't tell you everything, but it's just like, you have to want to educate yourself. You using your friends, like, oh, I know black people. I have black friends. Like, I'm not racist. It's just like, like you said, it's a, de- it's a deflection, but I don't feel like they've actually changed. It's just, 
we're fine with who we are. We know a couple of people in the community and that's just what it is. Like, and when they get asked questions outside of the spectrum of them being on IG lives, uh, addressing a specific situation, they just end up putting their foot in their mouth. Because if you really respected the LGBT community, when you got asked the question about Dwayne Wade's daughter, you would have just said you respected his thoughts as a father and moved on. This is facts and it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, as it, I, I want to go back to something you said earlier about it not being your job as a, a black gay man to speak on issues outside of your experience um, experience and wealth of knowledge. So there are two parts of this. So allyship is across the board, mm-hmm. right? Especially within the LGBTQ community. Now, I'm a person that does not believe in speaking on shit that you don't know nothing about. So oh, yeah. I dig that. I get where you're coming from with that. Um, if you don't have the information, then it's probably best that you don't because you don't want to spread any misinformation. But with that said, I believe that I don't believe that it's anyone's job to educate people, especially when we walk around with computers in our hands every day. You're on Google just exactly. Asus. And the ability to learn uh, those things but that takes it back to you not wanting to change until you're ready because you have the tools to learn, but you don't want to because you are comfortable in your complacency. That being said, um, just let it out. I'm trying to word it right. Because I know you just let it out. It, it's we as black people have gotten this far on a lot of different things. Mm. But I think the nucleus of the way that we receive knowledge is by word of mouth. And it takes us all the way back beyond slavery and everything else they like to tag on us all the time. We have literally used word of mouth as a means to learn and educate ourselves since the dawn of time and it reflects itself in social media and how we pass on this information because a lot of us will be finding this shit out because we went scrolling (laughs) and not because we actually went and looked it up and there i i would dare to say that there are many of us that see headlines read them or see people talking about a situation take that perspective and that perspective only and leave it there That's why I feel like it's very important for us to not only get information from our gay friends, but when you get that information to make sure that you bolster that information with facts to back it up before you start opening your mouth. You know what I mean? Uh, I can go deeper in that, but I'm just going to not. We got other shit to do. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, which is a great segue. Yay, Marlon. Um, in a world new, <laughs> in a world newly filled with cancel culture. Oh God. Why do you think it's demanded by the public that people change immediately or suffer mass scrutiny? Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. You know what? Oh. Okay, I have a problem with cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, can I talk about it? Mm-hmm. Can we have conversations? You're here. I'm sick of this shit. Let's do it. Here's the problem with cancel culture. Mm-hmm. They'll call for someone to get canceled. All these repercussions will happen on the person that they call or the company that they call to be canceled, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. 
where is the conversation to correct the misunderstanding here? Mm. Where is the conversation? Where's the yearning for like we said? You have to want change. Mm-hmm. With cancel culture, they don't want change. They just want repercussions, and that is really the problem. It's like yes, you canceled this person, but in the same sense, have you put forth the same energy to bridging the misunderstanding that took place? So that way, we all can move along. Because when y'all cancel people, you don't cancel them permanently. You only cancel them for about a month. Let's be perfectly clear about it. Because that's exactly what y'all love to do. Someone will be canceled. <laughs> then y'all turn around. All of a sudden, y'all fucking with them again. What's going on? Y'all supposed to have been canceling someone. You didn't cancel anybody. You just wanted this person to suffer because they said something you didn't agree with. You also, along with your Twitter friends, didn't decide to educate said person or let alone put in resources where they could educate themselves in those replies inside of that damn status. But no. I'm expected to cancel this motherfucker because you had a problem with something that they said and you never took the time to rectify it and ensure that this motherfucker understands where they went wrong. So I'm supposed but to cancel them? Yes, because it depends on the it depends on what happened. Like it really like because I feel like sometimes when you have white people who have the N-word and tweets in 2013, what explanation do you need? We in 2021. You knew that shit was wrong. It's just like when when people do things like that, when you're blatantly, it's just like, oh, well, I was a kid. Like, I've definitely said some fucked up shit in my life that I'm pretty sure if I became famous and I kept the same profile, you probably could find some negative, like, because I was just very ignorant. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, well, I deep, like, this is, this is what happened. Like, this is, this is how a person felt at that time. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that everybody's perfect. There's certain things that people say out their mouth that you would never know that they said they kept it at the kitchen table but because we have social media and things like that people get upset about what somebody else says i don't think that it's i really don't think that it's possible to cancel someone unless they just flat out are no longer assigned to a record label or anything like that whether whatever whatever it is that they're doing making money or whatever the case may be like that Mm. sense like where even like with R. Kelly, like I was looking one day for that Jennifer Hudson song, Where You At, and it was not on the album. And I really was, oh, like, and I really thought I was bugging because no, they literally she, took that one song off. No, she, no, it wasn't just that. She also took off It's Your World. She took off a lot of songs that she had that R. Kelly did for her. But that's what she, I'm saying. Like, I, that, it, in that sense, like, that can like cancel a person because you can't, you can't listen to their music to a, where they're getting a profit from. You go on YouTube, but that, that's just what you're doing. But I feel like when people try to cancel someone, they try to cancel their income more so. And not you can't cancel a person. You can't just control all delete people off the earth. Like that's not possible. I would pay money for it though. Probably that's because somebody would pay money to control all delete me off. (laughs) (laughs) Cancel culture with people, I I think that people don't realize is that it's a collective effort. And if everybody's not on board, then nobody's canceled. I feel like it's more so than just the general public, but like the people who actually pay them. Like, if you still have marketing deals and you still have whatever, whatever it is, your whatever your profession is, in that aspect, yes. But if consumers are still the hillbillies and stuff that ain't on Twitter, and you know, people who aren't on social media who don't know about this, then you only can cancel. But twenty five, like twenty five percent of the population has canceled you, but the other seventy five don't know what's going on. Just like how. Things get on Twitter, then they get on Instagram, then they get on Facebook. It's a trickle down effect to where it's just like, I feel like maybe because I've been on Twitter for so long, I think that a lot of people know about stuff. Because even like my cousins and like 
classmates or people that I went to school with, they may not be on social media or they may not be on Twitter and stuff like that. They may only have Facebook. And I'll be talking about something and they'll just be so confused and they won't know exactly what it is yeah. that I'm talking about. So it's just like, but like you said, it is a collective effort, but I feel like it definitely would take like the CEOs of companies and industries and things like that to really pull sponsorships and X, Y, and Z from people to for them to actually be like, I don't have anything. Well, no, I don't. I don't know because I feel like it doesn't have to be up to CEOs if your if your audience is not fucking with you and your audience decides that you are canceled, and that means everybody. It, it doesn't matter what the CEO does. You can do all these sponsorships. At some point, a CEO that is about making that money, if they see that everybody is like, I don't care what you put out with this person, this person no longer exists to me, I guarantee you that CEO is going to be like, it's been real. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, I would have to disagree only because I think of artists like Jennifer Lopez and where she started and where she is now. Mm. I feel like a lot of her fan base is definitely in the Hispanic community because the black hip hop, like they really don't mess with her like that. But it's not something that like, oh, we just kicked JLo to the curb. But it was just like as things started to go on in the industry, I felt like, you know, she wasn't re- like she used to be with Diddy and stuff. But when stuff went down, she really wasn't about that life. So it was just like she moved over to something else. I feel like people in the music industry can definitely finesse and maneuver an artist to go a lot of different ways, depending on who their demographic is. Like, because Jennifer Lopez appealed to like a lot of people. She appeared to young girls. She appeared appealed to like men because people were attracted. Men were attracted to her and stuff like that. So it's just like if someone is still brandable to somebody, it's possible. Takashi Six Nine is disrespectful, and I would, but he's brandable to somebody. Mm-hmm. And but, it's just and, like, and I get what you're saying, but like I said, like uh, to go along with what you're saying, that's why I said it has to be a collective effort. Like it literally has to be everybody, not just pockets of people. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. though that's unrealistic, because there's always going to be opposition and opinions with everybody until we all are just like ten toes down. Everybody from every corner of the earth is saying no. It's <laughs> just not a thing. It's just not a thing. Yeah. So my next question is: a lot of how we view change in people is rooted in forgiveness. Why is it so hard for people to let go of faults, missteps, mistakes, and bad decisions? Because the hurt still exists. Because you know what the fuck you did. The hurt still exists. The one thing that I think we all don't understand, especially when we expect, think, when we had that expectation for better or for change, is we forget in the process of that development, if you're not taking steps to correct the action, what caught led us to this point? What's the point? Because it's like it's kind of like the old saying, where it's basically like faith with no work is like an empty prayer. It's the same thing that applies to change. I can say I want to change, but if I'm not physically doing the actual steps in order to do so, I'm just talking out of my ass. Okay. And what you think? <laughs> just repeat it one more time. So a lot of how we view change in people is rooted in forgiveness. Why is it so hard for people to let go of faults, missteps, mistakes, and bad decisions? 
Now, why is it so hard for me to let go of someone's all of those? Sure, you sure. You can hear statements. Oh, are well. it, <laughs> it's hard for me. Like, I mean, it's hard for me because, like I said, like you know, you know what you did, and whether it may have been unintentional, may you have realized it three years later down the line that okay, what I did was wrong, but it's just like at some point you realize what you did, and I know what you did, so it's just like I can never look at somebody the same way um i can't like there's there's certain friends that i can't forgive because they've lied so much but i'm not going to say that oh we can't be in the same room i can't be cordial we would just never be friends again like i could never let that go because for me i just feel like it would happen again i feel like a lot of relationships that i have in my life whether it be friendships and romantic i would literally explain to someone word for word what happened what hurt my feelings what somebody did and they will literally do exactly the same thing so it's just like when people hurt people i feel like it's hard to let certain things go because you know what the, you know what this person is capable of and you just never look at this person as that again like i just can never hold you to the same standard that i did before it's just like I don't, I don't, I don't even know you anymore. It's kind of how I look at it. So I just can never get over it. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, I think that it's so hard for us to forgive because, and you know what? No, because I have to go into my my next and last question before I give my final thought on this, because this is basically where we're going. So my last question is, is our staunch positioning on people changing somehow rooted in a lack of forgiveness forgiveness from our own pasts. No. Tell me a little bit more. I say no because I know how to forgive. Um I forgive I know how I normally I can speak personally. I normally know how to move past the situation, move past hurt or anything like that. But it's when it's repeated is why I can't respect it. If it's a repeated behavior, I can't respect it. I can't look at you the same. It's just like everything about you would just be like, I don't want this even around me. That's just where I'm at with it. It's Yes, people can change, but at the same token, the same type of... It has to be universal. Yes, you want to change, but are you taking the steps to do so? Are you sincere with said steps? But with that being said, is have let me ask you this. Have you always known how to forgive? I've forgiven even when it was difficult to do so. True, but have you always known how to forgive? It's a fine line between forgive and let go. And mm. I think a lot of us need to learn that. There's a huge thin line between forgive and let go. I could let go of a situation, which means I'm over it. Does that mean I forgave you? No. That means I'm just over the situation. I can forgive you, yes, if I feel as if you've, we've worked past it. Absolutely. But in order for me to understand that, it has to be action. So that's why it's a, th- a thin line between forgive and let go. But letting go... Letting go is a disservice to you. Exactly. Because letting go doesn't do anything for you. Exactly. Okay. So again, I ask you, mm-hmm. <laughs> did you always know how um, to forgive? Yes. Because, okay. Okay. 
So you've always known how to forgive. Yes. I've always known how to forgive. Don't I beg to differ. Excuse me, ma'am. I do. How do I you do. beg to I forgive? Beg to this is why I say this. Go ahead. I beg to differ because right now, in this very moment, in this conversation, I don't even know what the situation is, but you are speaking from a place of pain where someone hurt you to the point of not being able to forgive them, which made you view people that did you the same way after that the same way. I didn't Which answer. puts you, no, I'm not, and this, we're having a conversation. And this is why I brought this question up. Because Trash. a lot of us don't know how to forgive and we won't forgive because of our own personal experiences. Mm-hmm. We have not always known how to forgive people majorly because we don't know how to forgive ourselves. In every situation that we encounter, there are two sides to that situation. Mm -hmm. We contribute to our own pain in some way. That is not victim blaming or shaming. It's simply saying that in that situation where we were hurt by another person, there was a contribution on our part that we must learn to forgive ourselves for. Mm -hmm. It is easier Mm -hmm. for us to throw the blame to the person that hurt us. I ain't giving no more absolute ideas. Because (laughs) because in that point, we don't have to take responsibility for for anything. We can say that you fucked me up, you did me wrong, you lied to me, you did this, that, and the third. But it takes... Forgiveness really starts with self. And that doesn't always look the same. So until we learn to step back and say, Marlon, I forgive you for for allowing yourself to get involved with someone that would lie to you so freely. Mm. which could then turn into Marlon, I forgive you for being a liar to someone else and accepting that behavior because now you feel like you deserve to be with the liar in some way, shape, or form because you've done it to someone else. But if you're not taking that responsibility or that accountability for your actions and a contribution to a situation that hurts you, then you can't truly learn to forgive somebody because a lot of what people go through a lot of pain that we endure starts with self. There's a reason why we allow these people into our lives to treat us a certain way because we are compensating or trying to (laughs) trying to compensate for actions that we've done in the past. Or not even (laughs) (laughs) not even always things that we've done in the past, but things that we've been taught or things that we've learned growing up. There are a lot of behaviors that we have learned that are the standards and the reasons why we are the people that we are today. Mm. But until we learn to forgive ourselves for whatever it is that we contributed to the situations that hurt us, we cannot say that we truly know how to forgive people. 
And that's why people act the way that they do on social media mm-hmm. when it comes to, oh, all of a sudden you accepting your daughter because she gay. But just a couple of minutes ago, you couldn't stand my black ass, even though you don't even fucking know me for who I am as a person. Well. So fuck you. No, you can't change. No, you can't. You can't do that. It's not fair to me. Mm. My bully that used to fucking beat my ass every time I stepped outside when I was eight, but when wasn't nobody around wanted me to suck his dick, didn't forgive me. So why can't you? No. But who's the common denominator in that situation? Is it Waka Flocka? Or is it me? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) No, because I totally totally agree with, um, with, with everything that you said because, like, I carried a lot of things over in my relationships because I never forgave myself and really understood how to forgive a person. Like, I stopped speaking to my dad for three years after I came out because I didn't like what he had to say. We lived in the same house. Like, I was away at college, but when I came home for breaks and stuff, we'd be in the, the apartment together, like, I ain't got nothing to say. Had floor seats to the Knicks game. No, I don't want to go. My mother looked at me like I got six heads. You go with him and that's your man. Like, no. But it wasn't until, like, we started smoking that we kind of rebuilt our relationship. But <laughs> even after that, <laughs> even after that, that, it was like, <laughs> even after that, like, I got into another relationship and I didn't know still how to communicate. And it wasn't until after, like, I broke up, well, I broke up with him and, you know, literally cut ties because it was like an off and on thing. I don't know if you guys do, but like after a, la- a relationship, it kind of lingers on for a little bit longer. Um, and like, I had to literally just say to myself, like, we are not good for each other. You're not a bad person. We are just not good for each other. Like, there's nothing positive coming out of this. Like, and I don't want to make this a worst situation to where now I didn't beat you up like because I know that I will get frustrated and it's not that I want to put my hands on you or I want to do anything like that I would never want to disrespect anybody to that extent so it's just like I had to look back at what was going on and you know take accountability like I really be running off with my mouth like my mouth is crazy like and I never (laughs) I never realized it until like I sat back, read old text messages, and I'm like, like Anthony, what what even possessed you to say this? Like this is like completely out of left field for you to say some something like this to somebody that you tell that you love. Like you see this person every day, you wake up next to them every day, but you're still having, you know, you're still saying these things or whatever. And that's kind of why I don't get that's why kind of like I'm not in a relationship now because I still have to fix those things. I it's not something that I want to put somebody else through. Like, there's a song by Sam Smith, I think, called Another One. It's just like, you know, I really hope that the next person that you find, you really treat them like, uh, like, treat them like somebody, like, and not so much like what you treated me because I wouldn't want to treat somebody or anybody the way that I treated my previous boyfriends because although, like, I, I was, I wasn't the worst boyfriend, but there were some things that I did that were very, out of line like I never cheated on anybody but like I said like my mouth I'm very disrespectful sometimes for no reason and it wasn't until I had to take a step back and really understand like this is how you talk to everybody and until you work on that 
and understand who you're talking to and who and why you're talking to them that way. It's just like you can't get yourself and like get yourself into another situation where you're hurting someone else because in the end I'm gonna end up hurting myself because it'll just be like very emotional and things like that because you really start to care about a person and then when you change and when a person needs to change, I feel like it may it may not make sense to you and it doesn't always have to make sense to you. So it's just like for me I had to learn to just forgive people for being who they are and I had to forgive mm-hmm. myself for allow I had to forgive myself for just coming out of character and not so much like, oh well like letting this person bring me out of character. It's like, no, this is this is in you because this is what's in you. Like don't try to blame anybody else for your missteps. It's just like taking accountability for every aspect of the things that I do, whether it be good, bad, ugly, like no, I feel like there's no amount of bad that can outweigh a good in a situation. I feel like there could be misunderstandings, but if you legit hurt someone in a relationship or a friendship in general, it's just like, for me, you have to really understand what it is that you did. And it's not so much like, oh, like I offended you. Like, no, you hurt someone's feelings or you did something to flat out disrespect them to where they don't look at you the same. And if you don't understand what it is that you did, you will never fix it. And you can't respond, you can't expect somebody else to say, you can't expect somebody else to call you out when it happens because you may just be walking around, walking about your day as if it's normal and not really see it as a problem. So you have to address it yourself. Mm-mm. 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 I'm going to so, shut my mouth because apparently, so. <laughs> apparently, mm-hmm. and, 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 mm-hmm. you're doing it. Again, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> it wasn't a no, personal attack on no, you. I, I feel, it was very generalized. Oh, so I threw myself in oh, as well. So it's hat. Love you too. That is the thread, ladies and germs. Thank you, gentlemen, for taking this journey with me down this conversation. Mm-hmm, it's a remark that it won't happen again. Uh-huh, it will. <laughs> um, at any rate, <laughs> here at Who Raised You Hoes, we always close out our episodes with a mental health tip. And this week, I would like for us to mm-hmm. say one thing that we have intentions on changing about ourselves. I have intentions on stopping allowing Marlon to trigger me. Oh my God. First of all, anybody that's been listening since I came on as a co-host knows that this happened to my left. Love (laughs) triggering me. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. So learn how to deal with it. (laughs) I don't. I don't like being triggered. You like know that. that. Uh, if you don't want to be triggered, then let me come up with the topics. Then. <laughs> wow. Mm. Well, don't and, give me those no topics. Exa- then. then exactly what topic were you going to mm. use? Then and don't worry about what I was going to use. Oh, all right then. We're here now. It's done. I love you too, sunshine. You're so cute. Oh, look at you. Hold on, wait. space. Anthony, what you got for us? Um, I'm going to fix my procrastination because that's something that has prevented me from a lot. Um, simply it's like getting up on time to walk my dog. You know, stop hitting the snooze button. Yeah, procrastinate on us for two weeks. Mm. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Mm. Two weeks. That's not what happened. <laughs> 
That is not what happened. I'll show you. I have the receipt to show you that Lonnie was telling me eight different times. I'm gonna blow his We'll talk about this offline. Um, so what I would thank you, Anthony. Um, what I would like to change, but I intend on changing myself. Um, it's something that I've been working on a lot, and I mentioned it before on the podcast already, but I'll say it again until I keep, I gotta keep myself to my word, but. Come on, man. I have to, uh, I intend on getting out of my own way. Mm, talk about there it. There is a lot of greatness that has been stewing inside of me for decades now that I just refuse to let out for whatever reason. And the reason is me. So my intention is to change that, to get out of my way and allow my light to shine the way that it should. Oh, does that mean you want me to hold you accountable? I said me. No, do you want me to hold you accountable? I said me. And as your friend, I'm going to hold you accountable. That's what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. But so, thank you all again for joining us at Who Raised You Hoes. Yes. Anthony, can you give the peoples, again, if you would like to be found, where they can find you on the interwebs? <laughs> um, on Twitter, it's you with the underscore dash, can't underscore dash take. And on Instagram, it's macro.ken. And then you can also follow my, my dog, Parker. Um, no, I'm just kidding. You have to follow Instagram. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. Anthony, thank you for taking time out of your oh so busy whimsical schedule to be here with us today. I'm busy, <laughs> It was a pleasure. I missed the Sunday meal for this. <laughs> you missed the Sunday meal. I was going to go to Brooklyn for sun, um for Easter dinner, but I love it. That's that's yeah. lovely. Okay. Well, you guys, thank you so much for attending this joyous ride with us. Um, I'm off to yell at my co-host now for triggering me like that. Y'all enjoy y'all rest of the Bye. Bye. <laughs>